Good morning. I'm excited to continue the second part of the teaching that I had started the week before last, and that is on the Holy Spirit. If you remember, I actually began by teaching on the Trinity. And uh, from scripture, we understood that God is God the Father, God the Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, and that they have eternally existed as three distinct persons. But we also understood very clearly from scriptures that there is only one God. <clears throat> and this is what is called the doctrine of the Trinity. You know, today I will be uh, zooming in on what I just introduced the last time, and that is on the person of the Holy Spirit. And uh, yes, we looked at a few verses <clears throat> that helped us understand the doctrine of the Trinity. And, uh, but today, I'm going to zoom in further on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. But before I go any further, let's pray before we begin. Would you please join me? Father, we thank you for the gift of this Sunday morning, our gathering online as, as it is, but we believe that you will speak to each of us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to speak not of myself, but of you, to be led by you, to be sensitive to you, to exalt you in the preaching of your word. And Holy Spirit, we're completely dependent on you to give us understanding, illuminate our hearts, renew our minds, and draw us into closer communion and fellowship with you so that we, in turn, would come closer to Jesus, closer to the Father. Be exalted, O Lord. We come at this time into your hands. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so as we're looking at the doctrine of the Trinity, we understand that the Lord Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. It is the Holy Spirit given to us, prayed by Jesus, sent by the Father to abide with us here on earth, and he indwells us. I want to introduce um, a very important verse in John chapter 14, 16 and 17, where Jesus uh, is actually introducing uh, the Holy Spirit to his disciples. And I call John 13, 14, 15, 16 as chapters of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus is speaking so much about the Holy Spirit and uh, his, his character and his relationship to the disciples. And so this is a very important uh, passage. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. You know, in this passage, we see the Trinity again. You know, Jesus is praying to the Father. I, Jesus is saying, will pray to the Father that he will send you another helper. You see the Trinity here so beautifully. And we also see, as I mentioned last time, how the Holy Spirit is introduced to the disciples as a helper. 
aren't we grateful that Jesus did not use terrifying, you know, words like the avenger, the destroyer, the executioner, but he said helper, the one who will come alongside us. And not just come alongside, but Jesus said he will remain with us forever and he will be in you and me. He will be in us. And so we see the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Co-equal with God the Father and God the Son. When Jesus took on human flesh and lived on earth those 33 years, the Holy Spirit was absolutely central in Jesus' life. Jesus com lived completely dependent on the Holy Spirit. From his conception to his growing years, ministry, death, resurrection and ascension was all in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as children of God, disciples of Jesus, we need to grow in our awareness every day of how much we need the Holy Spirit. The entire Christian life, our entire faith, our entire experience of this Christian walk is impossible outside of the Holy Spirit. But let's try <coughs> and understand that more clearly. And so I've put down some uh, important points for us as to the Holy Spirit's relationship to us, what he wants, what he does for us, what he wants to do for us. And, and even as I do that, you know, I'm gonna encourage uh, as I'm sharing this message that we could be a little more engaging and responsive. So if, if there's something that uh, I share that, that has touched you or that touches you, why don't you just put that on the chat and encourage one another if you're going to agree with that as I'm speaking God's word uh, this, this, this moment. So I want to begin by sharing the first thing that the Holy Spirit has done for us or does for us. The outpouring of divine love. You know, most of the times, we tend to relate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to the empowerment for ministry, revival, and church growth, and working of miracles, and all that is there. What many fail to realize is that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is first and foremost an outpouring of the divine love of the Father. Come with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 5. I hope you have your Bibles with you and even your notepads and pens. Romans 5, 5. It says, And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. But how is the love of God poured out within our hearts? through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. My brothers and sisters, the more we mature in the things of God, the more the love of God must become our default mode of existence. And the constant reality and atmosphere we live in, the love of God. And how does that happen? And how does it, how does it happen? It, be, it happened because of the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When the Holy Spirit came and indwelt us, 
at the time of our new birth, you know, he brought in and poured out the love of the Father in us. We need to understand that salvation is more than just forensic justification. It's not mere words. It is really about coming into the loving embrace of the Father. The goal of salvation is for you to fall in love with God, with your whole being. From today, let the love of God fully and completely and deeply satisfy you in your soul. It is His love that will change and transform you completely. You know, in the Old Testament, Moses prayed that and it's recorded for us in Psalm 90. He said, he, he, he said, Oh, satisfy us with your love every morning. How much more is this, is this prayer true for us today in the new covenant? The Holy Spirit indwelling us that we wake up in the morning and we can ask the Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me with the love of the Father today. Let it satisfy me. Let me find my greatest, my deepest joy in the Father, in His love for me. Let me find my contentment in the Father's love for me so that I don't seek it in other places and in sinful things. That I would be completely satisfied in the Father's love for me. And who brings us into that experience? It is the Holy Spirit who's been given to us, beloved. The Holy Spirit is foremostly the outpouring of divine love. Secondly, this is so dear to me, the assurance of sonship. Galatians 4, 6-7, read that with me. It says, because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Crying out, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Beloved, when you and I repented of our sins because of the work of the Holy Spirit, and we, we expressed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in His finished work on the cross, you know, the Holy Spirit came into us and He bore witness in our hearts. He spoke to our hearts, giving affirmation, assurance that we had now become children of God. I still remember that day when I felt such a strong witness in my spirit, in my heart. I knew and I knew and I knew that I had become a child of God. And how did that happen? It's because the Holy Spirit, as the scripture says here, He bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. He gives us the right, He gives us the confidence that God would not just be God, but He would, He's become now my Father. He has become your Father. You know, when we think of the process of adoption, you know, that so many precious parents, you know, undertake to adopt a child. You know, there's so much of paperwork, there's so much of permissions that are required. It's a, it's a lengthy process. That's what I've been given to understand, this legality involved. And all of that, the parent 
goes through why uh, nearly for the sake of uh, the paperwork no it's finally to be able to bring a child into the loving embrace and the reality of a loving relationship with a parent and a child it is for that daily experience of all that comes and happens in the loving relationship with words and in which words and hugs and cuddles and all the expressions of affection and care and learning and growing and and even discipline and correction and maturing all that comes in a parent child loving relationship that that acceptance of of the child into that family and that's the way it is with the lord and us you know all that jesus did for us all that jesus won for us is so that we could come into the loving embrace of the father it's so that you and i could call out and cry out to god father i belong to you and you belong to me now and forever you know i still remember the day when i first read john 1:12 you know and it blew me to those who believed in his name he gave them the right the power to be called children of god those who were born not of flesh and blood not of the will of man but who were born of god it's like wow you know the creator of the universe is my dad is my father is my god i still remember when i read psalm 139 for the first time and i remember reading line after line and i began to cry and for the first time in my life I understood who I am in God. I understood how beautifully God created me and how much he delights in me. And so beloved, who was speaking to my heart at that time? Who spoke to your heart that first time and every day reminds you that you are a child of God? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who continuously speaks to you out and says Don't do that son don't do that daughter because that's not who you are you're a child of God and so glorify the father with your life glorify Jesus with your life who's the one who reminds you of your identity it's the holy spirit who's the one who reminds you of your worth as a child of God it's the holy spirit the assurance of sonship we receive because of the holy spirit indwelling in us thirdly The Holy Spirit illuminates our hearts and transforms our minds by the understanding and application of God's word. You know, I believe that the most powerful word in the Bible after the very names of God is the word understanding. And that may surprise you. You know, when you remember the parable of the sower, and Jesus explained in that parable that the only unique quality of the heart which is a good ground in contrast to the other three bad grounds you remember the other three bad grounds the wayside ground the rocky ground the thorny ground all three bad they received the word but they couldn't bear fruit but what was the unique quality in the characteristic of the fourth ground well there's just one thing and that is that ground or that heart had the ability to not only hear not only receive but understand the word of god 
Wow. Now, that's not just a mental understanding. It's a life-transforming understanding. And that is only possible because of the help and the work of the Holy Spirit in our salvation. Look at what it says in John 14, 26. Jesus said this again. Remember the chapters of the Holy Spirit, 13, 14, 15, 16? It's in John 14, 26. Jesus saying, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you all that I said to you. So who is it that makes scripture real to us? Who, who firstly gives us that hunger for the word? You know, that longing for the word, that love for the word, that delighting in the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit. And then who makes the word, the scripture real to us? You know, we get understanding. You know, a, a, a synonym for understanding in, in biblical language is illumination. When we understand, our hearts are illuminated. Our minds are renewed. You know, our thought patterns change. We change the way we think. We no longer think worldly or carnally. We think godly. We think spiritually. And that transformation happens because of this powerful thing called the understanding of God's word that the Holy Spirit gives us every time we read our Bibles prayerfully and systematically. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who illuminates our hearts and transforms our minds by the understanding of God's word, giving us understanding of God's word. So let me just recap what I said till now. Number one, the Holy Spirit gives us the outpouring of divine love. Secondly, he gives us the assurance of our sonship, our adoption in the family of God. He bears witness with our spirit, our hearts, that we are children of God. Thirdly, he illuminates our hearts and transforms our mind by giving us understanding of God's word. Fourth, the Holy Spirit empowers us to be a witness of the gospel. And I think most of us know that. You know, Acts 1a, Jesus said this. He told his disciples, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest part of the earth. You know, one needs to think about it. You know, by then, when Jesus was giving this command, the disciples had already witnessed the resurrection of the Lord. I mean, they were now super excited. They were, they were blown away that they had seen their Lord who just a few days earlier was crucified and now risen from the dead. They had witnessed the greatest thing that any man and woman on earth could ever witness, the risen Lord himself. But you know what Jesus said? You still won't make a move till the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Are we better than they in that sense? No. We too need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit every day to be a witness of the gospel. And I believe that there will be times when it will be special, when God will just give you powerful encounters in His presence and the Holy Spirit will fill you and, and, and energize you in order to be his witness. You know, the Holy Spirit is the Lord and life giver. So when we, when we talk of the entire uh, experience of 
preaching the gospel and making disciples, we need to acknowledge, beloved, that he is the one who prepares the hearts of the hearers, the hearts of the listeners. He is the one who convicts sinners of sin and righteousness and of the judgment that is to come. He is the one who helps the listener understand the truths and the concepts of the gospel that birth faith in order to, to be able to express that faith and put their trust in the Lord Jesus. He, give, he, gives the, he gives the listener the faith to believe and the strength to respond in genuine repentance and faith. In fact, he even gives the speaker the wisdom to discern the time, words, the tone, the posture, and even the place to be able to present the gospel lovingly and clearly. In other words, from the very start, all through it, even to the end, it is the Holy Spirit who orchestrates everything prepares the speaker and the listener in order to be able to for us to be effective witnesses of the gospel and that the person who's listening would be able to respond to the gospel. The Holy Spirit is the Lord and life giver. He's the one who empowers us to be witnesses for the gospel, beloved. So may that humble us. Let's not ever, you know, deceive ourselves into thinking that we're the ones who are going to get people saved. No, we need to be willing instruments in the hands of the Lord and be dependent on the Holy Spirit, knowing when to speak, okay, what to speak, how to uh, respond to the questions that are coming from, from the listener, how not to get overexcited, how not to get upset and angry if, if, they, if they argue with us or they resist us, how to be loving, like clear, in our posture, in our words. And so, and so, beloved, let's depend on the Holy Spirit. And the more we depend on the Holy Spirit, we will see more fruit in, in our efforts. Amen. Amen. The next thing, the Holy Spirit, He gives us the power to do all and every ministry. Hallelujah. So the glory always goes to God. I repeat, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the power to do all and every ministry in the body of Christ, with the body of Christ, and through the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 11. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 11. The Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church, he says this, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. But one and the same Spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he wills. So we see that the gifts of Jesus, that is apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Remember the fivefold gifts of the Spirit? The gifts of Jesus equip us, that is the church, the saints, for the work of the ministry. So we need the fivefold gifts of the Spirit. We need the apostles, the pioneers who will step out to going to new grounds and new people in new territories and you need people who are prophetic and you need the evangelists you need the pastors you need the teachers and they equip us but then it is the holy spirit who enables us to do the work so when we look at you know just think about what what has god called and commanded us as a church to do um, when we are on earth, well, he's called us to the ever precious work of intercession. You know, praying for one another, praying for ourselves, of course, praying for our families and praying for one another, praying for the work of the ministry, praying for the 
uh, advancement of the kingdom, praying for the needs that are there in our from our neighborhood, even to our city, nation, and, and what's happening in the world. He's called us and commanded us to evangelism and disciple-making and identifying the call and giftings of individuals, equipping them, empowering them. You know, church planting. We're looking at Sunday services, life groups, leaders' meetings, worship nights, even our fellowship. They all are to be soaked, inspired and empowered and led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, let me say this very clearly. Outside of the Holy Spirit, what I said earlier, there is no life-giving experience. There is no experience of the kingdom of God outside of the person of the Holy Spirit, outside of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is in this Holy Spirit-saturated environment that Jesus is exalted and God the Father is glorified. So I want to remind all of us, and I have to remind myself, that human strength does not bring forth God results. I repeat, human strength does not bring God results. Whatever God does, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of God. So may that humble us. May that humble us to know this, that I must decrease and He must increase from my life. And all the ministry that I do, you know, should be done by the strength of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let us reduce the I in our ministry. I did, I did, I did so long, I did for so many years. All that I's have to stop now because that's an evidence that we've been working in our own strength and let it be the Holy Spirit who did it. And so that we will, we will give God all the glory that is due to Him. So the Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to do all and every ministry. Amen. Next, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And especially helps us to pray. Romans 8, 26 to 27. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness and helps us to pray. It says, now in the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You know what is your greatest weakness and my greatest weakness? It is our weakness to pray. You know, we, we can be so good at doing so many things and we bypass the absolutely fundamental need to pray. Prayer is the greatest evidence and expression of our dependence on God. And Jesus knows that, that that is our greatest, our greatest need is our greatest place of weakness. And so the Holy Spirit, the helper, wants to help us to do the most important thing we need to do, and that is to pray. He will remind you to pray. You know, when, when you wake up in the morning, uh, before the Allah, uh, you woke up because the Holy Spirit woke you up. I believe that. I experienced that so many times. Where the Holy Spirit wants to help us to pray. You know those reminders? You know those this, you know that whispers in your heart? Son, pray. Daughter, pray. You know, you've not prayed. You know, don't interpret all of that as condemnation from the devil. You know, the devil doesn't want you and me to pray. It's the Holy Spirit nudging you lovingly. You know, pulling on the strings of your heart saying, Son, daughter, pray. And not only does he nudge you, he helps you to pray. 
He helps you to open your heart to God. He helps you to be honest with God and to cry out to God so that you would begin to experience the sweet presence of God, the intervention of God, the presence of God in your life and the power of God in your life. So the Holy Spirit helps us in all our weaknesses when we are tempted, when we are tested. All we need to do is ask the Holy Spirit for help and He will help us. He will make a way for us. He will show us the way and He will even give us the strength to walk in that way. That will be the way of obedience and victory over that sinful temptation. So the Holy Spirit helps us in all our weaknesses, in all our testings, but especially in our weakness of prayer. And maybe acknowledge that so that, you know, when we humble ourselves by confessing where we're weak, we will experience the greater grace and the greater help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen to that. And may we experience this ministry of the Holy Spirit more and more in our lives. The next thing, the Holy Spirit makes Jesus and the triune God real to us. You remember what, what we read earlier? Let me read that for you again. John 14, 16 to 20 now we will read. Where we will see that it is in the, in, in the, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, you know, that, that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit become real to us. Let's, let's see that. John 14, 16 to 20. I will ask the Father. Remember Jesus saying, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper so that he may be with you forever. The Holy Spirit will be with us forever. The helper is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. Now look at this. I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. After a little while, the world will no longer is going to see me. But you are going to see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my father and you are in me and I in you. Did you get that? That, I mean, it's impossible to get that at one time. But this is beautiful. Where Jesus is saying that you will experience the triune God when the Holy Spirit comes to abide in you. And so I pray that we will grow in the, in the understanding and the experience of this mystery, of this beautiful communion, the fellowship that we have, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But who will help us to grow in the understanding and the experience of this every day? It is the Holy Spirit. Look at, what, look at what Jesus said in John 15, 26. Who will remind us about Jesus? Who will help us know Jesus? Who will point us towards Jesus? Jesus said this, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, namely the Spirit of Truth, who comes from the Father, He will testify about me. And so it is the Holy Spirit who will help us know Jesus more and make Jesus more real to us and, and help us to become more like Jesus. And in fact, help us to grow in our understanding and experience of the triune God. Last but not the least, this is beautiful. Filled with joy 
and peace and overflowing with confident hope. That's what the Holy Spirit will do for us. Fill, it, fill us with joy and peace and overflowing with confident hope. Romans 15.1 And this is, this is the Apostle Paul writing and praying. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, disciples of Jesus have a testimony recorded in history of being the most hopeful people. Against all odds, against severe persecution, against uh, temporal realities being against them, they're still the most hopeful people. How? They cannot build that up. You can't manufacture that. You can't fake that. We receive that as a gift. This hope is a gift from God, who's the source of hope. But how does he give it to us? It says he will cause us to overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Beloved, you know, all that I'm sharing with you, I pray that it will become a reality in our lives. That's why God has written this all for us. This is not merely meant to be on the pages of our Bible. This is meant to be a reality in our lives that we experience and grow in that experience every day. Whatever I've shared with you, I want you to take time to hear it again, read it again as I send the notes. But look at what Paul is saying over here. You know, he's come to the end of his, and this is, this is my last point. And, and, he, and he's right, coming to the end of his own epistle in Romans 15. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him, then you will overflow because you're filled with joy and peace. When that comes together, you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to pray that for, for the, that for you in just a few moments. But all of this that I shared with you, you know, the outpouring of divine love, the assurance of sonship, you know, the empowering to be a witness for the gospel, the power to do every and all ministry to help us in our weakness and especially in our greatest weakness to pray, to make Jesus real to us, to make the triune Godhead real to us. All of this is possible only in the Holy Spirit and so much more. And I would love to hear from you even now as to what are the things that you believe from scripture you've seen that the Holy Spirit does for us. And no doubt, you know, no, no, it's not a surprise that the Apostle Paul would, 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 would say this in his benediction as recorded for us in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He says this, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the, and the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And beloved, it all hinges there. Our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You know, our communion, our koinonia, our deep friendship with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the closest person to us. He's closer than your mom and dad. He's closer than your spouse. He's closer than your best friend. Nobody knows you better than the Holy Spirit. He's the one who created you in your mother's womb. He's the one who's with you. 
He's the one who gave you new life, the entire new birth experience you've had. You've been adopted into the family of God. It's because of the Holy Spirit. And He's the one right now who's whispering in your heart and beckoning you, drawing you closer to Jesus and closer to the Father. May the Holy Spirit fill us afresh and anew. And I want to thank God that in these so many years, I've had tremendous experiences and encounters with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, want, to, I want to have more of that. And I need more of that. And I pray that Utsa would be a church filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just few of us, not just a few leaders, not just a few young people, not just a few uh, elderly praying people. I pray the whole of Utsa would, would be so in love, so thirsty for the Holy Spirit. Utsa, if, if it needs to be known, let it be known as a church full of the Holy Spirit, full of joy, full of peace, you know, against all odds. I'm not praying for a trial-free or a test-free life that doesn't happen on planet Earth. But I pray this, that we would be a church full, filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I, I believe that God has blessed you and encouraged you with what I've shared. And my confidence is not what I've, that I've shared, but is, in, is, is that that we have, we, I've shared God's word with you. And I pray that whatever you've heard today would become a living reality in your life, that you would grow in, in experience every day of your life. Let's pray together. Would you lift your hands with me right now, wherever you are? And I want to give you just a few moments to still and turn your heart towards the Lord. Thank you, God. And I pray that the words of the psalmist would become real to you and real for me. That as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs after you. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would long for you more. We wait on you right now. We wait on you. We want to grow in the reality, in the awareness of the reality of your presence in us. That you indwell us, that you surround us, that you're with us, all over us. That you are the gift from the Father who will be with us forever. You are the helper. You are the comforter. You're the one who will take us closer to Jesus and reveal Jesus to us more and make us more like Jesus. You're the one who will help us to experience the Father's love increasingly every day. You're the one who will help us in our every weakness, and especially in our weakness to pray. You're the one who will empower us to do the will of the Father and the works of Jesus and the work of the ministry. Fill us, Holy Spirit, afresh and, and new right now. Even right now, wherever we are in our homes, I pray, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. Come fill us. 
Father, fill us with your, with your spirit. Jesus, immerse us again. Immerse us again in the Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, we want to grow in our fellowship with you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. Bless your people, God. Let Utsav be a church community that's full of the Holy Spirit. Doing the will of the Father. Accomplishing the work of the Father. Jesus, be glorified, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless your people. Truly may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and always. Amen. Amen.